for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, and the opportunity to worship and given. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart and gain great root. It will become a mighty tree in our lives, and that we will live and go thereby that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are into the fourth and final episode of our series entitled Psalms 23, I Shall Not Want. In this psalm, we see how David had just painted this wonderful picture of God's concern for his sheep. And he also paints a picture of how God meets every need. And in this, we can say that this is a reminder that God is always faithful, that God is always present, and God is always interested in the well-being of his sheep. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, we can use that to say this psalm is a reminder to us of how God really is with us in all aspects of our lives. I heard somebody say, everything that concerns you is a concern to God. And so we want to look at and operate in the fact that God is working out all these things just for us. Now, when we started out on our first episode, our first episode was the way of contentment. And then we went to the way of comfort. Last week, we talked about the way of constancy. And today, we're going to talk about the way of care. Our definitions are as follows. A psalm is a sacred song or hymn, a song composed on a divine subject and in praise of God. We know that want, want is a deficiency or a defect, the absence of that which is necessary or useful. That's why we shall not want. And then finally, our final definition is care. Care is to be concerned about, to have under watchful intention. So as we look at episode number four, the way of care, the way of God's concern, the way of him having us under watchful intention. It kind of reminds me of I remember when um, I would have the task of watching the babies with uh, Lady Yolanda not being around, and I would not move. When the babies moved, I moved. When they sat there, I sat there, and she'd be like, you can't do two things at one time? I said, mm-mm, I'm going to watch these. I'm watching these babies because I'm watching the babies. 
And she's like, oh, I can do this, this. I said, mm, yes, you can. I, I, I can. I can do it. And I think that that's how God is. God is like watching us, watching our every move. And we're sitting still. He's sitting still watching us. I, whatever it is that we're doing, he is watching us. Now, I'm not faulting um, Lady Yolanda for having the ability to do more than one thing when it comes to watching the babies and doing I'm, that That is not my intent. I'm just saying my mindset was this baby is so important to me. I'm the one responsible for watching it. So everything else just kind of falls off to the side because this is the most important thing to me. Now, as they got older, then I would have them, I would have them help me to do things so that they were involved with me. But the thing was, when I was given that responsibility, I was like, don't nothing else matter. Grass, dishes, nothing. They'll just sit there with the babies. So that might give the women some insight to how our, our minds kind of work. Don't say nothing, babe. Hold, it, hold your breath. All right. Let's look into the scripture itself. Psalms 23, 1 through 6. This is the English Standard Version of it, and it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it falls upon the good soil of our heart in Jesus' name. As we are doing the way of care, I wanted to not take up too much of your time today. This, this may be one of my shortest messages ever, depending on how far we go. But I wanted to bring out an aspect of how and why Psalms 23 seems to be the psalms that everybody knows at least a little bit about. Now, most of the time, people bring up Psalms 23 at a funeral. But I want to say that Psalms 23 can be used at any time. Psalms 23 is the cure-all, it's the panacea of the scriptures to me. And the reason I say that is because when we dig a little deeper into Psalms 23, we discover that David was actually bringing out the character of God in Psalms 23. Mm -hmm. There are, there is a name of God that is held at such a pristine level 
in the Jewish community. That is the name that is only said once a year, and that is during the time of atonement. And only the high priest can say that name at that time. Now, the, the name is Yahweh. Yahweh is the I am that I am. I am that I am. Or I will be all that I am going to be. Or I am that I am. <laughs> There's everything in or consistent in the I am. Well, when they write Yahweh, they don't include the vowel. So it's Y-W, Y-W, see now I'm making it, I can't even, I'm messing it up right now. Y-H-W-H, there we go, thank you, lovely. And in the Greek, it's called a tetragrammatron, which means four, four letters. So whenever you hear that, that, they're talking about that divine name. So our English translation or transposing of that, we came up with the word Jehovah. Now there are 10 Jehovah's that we have found in scripture. Eight of those 10 are in Psalms 23. Now, if you will allow me, because I have the mic, I, I don't even have to allow, ask for allowance, but I'm just going to tell you, we're going to walk down this Jehovah path so we can see the significance of David's writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit brings out the very character of God within us. That is why we have this affinity towards the 23rd Psalm. That is why we feel something different. We read the other Psalms, but the 23rd Psalm brings out these characteristics of God. The very first thing that starts off on this scripture tells us the very first Jehovah. The Lord is my shepherd. So the very first, David even starts it off with a Jehovah. Jehovah Roy, which is, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my personal shepherd. Now, all of us have a shepherd, and the Lord is my personal shepherd. Now, we don't try to understand how he can be everybody's personal shepherd, but are we just concerned? We get a little selfish when we talk about the shepherdhood of God. Now, the shepherd is a protector, but also this word Roy also has an indication of pastor. That he is the one that puts us in the pasture, that we may rest and that we may relax and that we may just be in his presence in a place that is acceptable to us. But then David still ain't even out of the first verse. And then next thing he says, I shall not want. Jehovah Jireh. 
The Lord will provide for you. The Lord will provide provision. In this situation, we found out that Abraham was to uh, sacrifice his son Isaac. And, and Isaac willfully, willingly went with his father. And he said, we have the fire, we have the wood. But where is the sacrifice? And his father said, the Lord will provide. And before the, all the situation ended up, he ended up, he, he did, what he declared became manifest because there was a sacrifice available. The Lord will survive. So it starts out, Psalms 23 and 1, Jehovah Roy, Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> and he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Still waters. Because we talked about the sheep couldn't drink. They, they, they couldn't find the opportunity. If the waters was moving too fast, they couldn't find an opportunity in order to put their face in the water in order to drink. And so the still waters represents Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. So he's our shepherd. He is our provider. And he is also the one who provides us with peace. If you want to know about how this occurred, there was a young man who was, who was afraid of, of the Midianites. And so he would at nighttime do his daily duties and the Lord came to him and called him out and said, Gideon, I need you to fight this battle. And he said, I can't fight no battle. I ain't no mighty man. And the Lord said, I will give you peace. And we talked about the word shalom just does not mean cease from confrontation. It means peace in your mind, your body, and your spirit. Total, whole peace. So he, he is our shepherd. He is our provider. He is the one that provides us peace so that in the midst of situations, we can have peace. And right after that, he goes into, he restores my soul. Jehovah Rophi. The Lord God who heals. When you're going through any situation, he is a healer. He has the ability, the capacity, and the desire to heal you of your situations. Heal you of your diseases. Heal you of your infirmity because he loves you that much. He restores my soul, Jehovah Rophi, and then he, he leads me in the path of righteousness, which is Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord God, our righteousness. 
Remember, righteousness is God's way of living, doing, and being right. So God is the God of making us right before him so that we can be right before him. Y'all catch that tomorrow too. He makes you right so you be right. Because we can't be right within ourselves. So we find out that he is not only the shepherd, not only the Rohin, not only is he providing for us, not only is he the gyra, not only does he make everything well and still around us, not only is he the shalom, not only does he provide healing for us, he's the rofi for us, that he also leads us and guides us down the right path. To Jehovah Tiskanu. Then, as we continue down, he, he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah means God is there. <laughs> Jehovah Shammah, the God who is. There. He is there in the midst of you. One of my favorite things is when David was like, if I go up on the highest hill, he's up there. If I go into the lowest depths, he's there. Where can I go? I can't even hide. I can't get away from him. He's there wherever I try to go. He's always there. So he is the shepherd. He is the, 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 the one that provides. He is the one that, prov that brings peace. He's the one that heals. He's the one that provides the, the direction to go in the right way because he's always there. Yes, thank you, God. Always there. And then as David goes on, he's writing this. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Now to understand this a little bit more, let me just go, just pull this apart just a little bit. Now a banner is not necessarily the thing that we have on the walls of our churches hanging down with different things on there. It's similar but not exactly the same. It was a, a pole and on that pole was an emblem that, that uh, signified the tribe or the country. And this is what uh, uh, the people would gather around and know in the midst of wherever they are where they needed to be. And so in the midst of your enemy, God raises up a banner. He is the banner by which we can go to in the midst of our enemy and know that he is there. In the midst of the battle, when Moses would raise up his hands, Joshua and the army would have victory. And his arms dropped down, they would have defeat. So Aaron and Hur came alongside Moses and kept his arms raised as a, a, a banner for the people to let them know that God is operating in the midst of this battle. So in the presence of our enemy, God is our banner. He is our standard. He is our strongness showing that he has us and being with us in all things. Yes, yes, yes. 
And then, then, then he, he, he gets done with that and he says, you're a banner, but then he says, and you anoint my head with oil. Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. He sanctifies us. He sets us apart as his. He says, I want you to be holy as I am holy. I want you to be what I have designated for you to be because I designated you to be with me. I have set you apart. I have made you to be an example, an ambassador unto me and unto the world for the world. So we have this characteristic of God revealed in this Psalm 23. He is our shepherd. He is the, uh, uh, the provider. He is our peace. He is our healer. He is our righteousness. He is there with us. He is our banner and he sanctifies us all in this little, six little verses of Psalm. Because David was operating under the guise of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost said, write it like this. And so then when we read it and we start studying it, we can see that in the midst of everything, God's character shows through. From the beginning to the end, he, his desire is to keep us and to make us and to mold us, and to ma uh, maneuver us so that we are set apart as he has desired for us to be. Set apart to reveal his glory, not set apart in order to ignore the world. He has set us apart to reveal his glory, and has not set us apart to keep us from the world. That's why he says you're not of the world, but you're in the world. Because I need you in the world so that the world can see that there's something better and there's something that is different and there's hope that can be had in the midst of what the world is doing and what the world is going through. I'm done. But I got one more little thing I need to say. John Maxwell illustrated the difference between knowing the shepherd and just knowing about him. John Maxwell says, I read a story about the great actor Charles Lawton that illustrates the difference between a merely good speaker and one who really knows what he's talking about. It's said that Lawton was attending a Christmas party with a family in London. During the evening, the host asked everyone attending to recite, to recite a favorite passage that best represented the spirit of Christmas. When it was Lawton's turn, he skillfully recited Psalms 23. Everyone applauded his performance, and the process continued. The last to participate was an adored 
elderly aunt who had dozed off in a corner. Someone gently woke her, explained what was going on, and asked her to take part. She thought for a moment and then began in her shaky voice, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When she finished, everyone was in tears. When Lawton departed at the end of the evening, a member of the family thanked him for coming and remarked about the difference in the response by the family to the two recitations of the psalm. When asked his opinion on the difference, Lawton responded, I know the psalm. She knows the shepherd. And so we want to get past not only David's intent, but we want to know the focus of David's intent. We want to have this intimate relationship with the one who is our shepherd, the one who is our provider, the one who is our peace, the one who is our healer, the one who is our righteousness, the one who is always with us, the one who is our banner, the one who sanctifies us. Words have meaning, but intimacy brings depth to that meaning. And we want to walk in the power of the song. So that now when we hear it, we hear the character of God resounding in our ears that it has been consolidated into this one set of scriptures to cause us to see how strong the character of God is in the lives of those who are his sheep. We want to move past the fact that this is something that is usually said at a funeral. And we want to make it that it is a daily, moment-by-moment -moment consideration that he's my shepherd, that he watches over me, that he's healing me, that he's doing all these things, as the song says, just for me. And that we know that God's presence is real and constant. So the way of care is understanding the character of God that is placed in these six little verses. The way of care, he loves you so much and he cares for you so much that there is no way that you can maneuver around it. There's no mountain high enough. There's no valley low enough. There's nowhere you could go that God's care and concern for you will not be there for you. And with that being said, I just want to remind everyone that the fact is that the full benefit of this is based upon one simple fact. That you have accepted that the gift that God has given you. 
And you ask, what is that gift? The gift is his son Jesus who died on the cross and has redeemed you from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But how does that happen? How, how do I receive this gift? The Bible says it like this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. Saved means rescued, delivered, again, from the penalty of sin, which is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it, it goes on to say, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confessed and is saved, yeah. delivered, rescued. And it even goes on a little further and says, everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, rescued, delivered. God's desire is for you to accept the gift that you can Spend eternal eternity with him. That you will have eternal life with him. Now this is not an individual sport. This is a team event. We, we plan on coming alongside you and assisting you along this journey. And you say, well, I'm someplace not around South Carolina. That's, that's fine. We, we got a provision to work over there. We're going to use technology to assist you. So what, if you've made that decision today, I want you to email us at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 864-920-0100. Let us know that you have made that decision. We will come alongside you and assist you along this journey because we want God's best for you and we think that we can assist you. No, we don't think. We know that we can assist you along that journey and that process. Let us know, and we will definitely come alongside. Well, friends and family, if you look, you'll probably see this is one of my shortest, but I think it had a lot of meat in it for us to chew on. And this is something for us to rest in and to reside in and to just walk in the fact that God is so concerned about us that he wanted us to understand how his character can work in our lives. Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.